Well, welcome everyone. We are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a leaning factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. Well, welcome. Happy, happy Easter. Wherever you're watching this, with your family, with friends, happy Easter. I know it feels different. It certainly does for me. I'm so used to Easter Sunday being such a busy day of numerous different services and egg hunts and all kinds of different things. And I'm sure you'll have some fun times, but I want to take this time to really encourage you. Hey, it may feel different. It may be different. It is different. But at the same time, it can still be powerful. It can still speak to you. It can still build your faith. You can leave this Easter weekend more loving Jesus and faith in God. And if you're not sure about your relationship with God, you can come closer. So I want to encourage you right now to turn away and get away every distraction and let these moments speak to your heart. Today, on this Easter 2020, we are starting a brand new series in our church. If you're new to our church, never come physically to the location. We, we unpack a, a thought that God gives us. And um, we are doing a series called Awaken. And the title of my message today, if you like to take notes, obviously you're listening for a reason, not just to build your faith, but to inform your mind. The title of my talk is Awaken to Reality. Awaken to reality. We are kicking off a four-week series in our church, Awaken. I want to pray for us, and then we want to dive right into it. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for Good Friday. I thank you for Easter Sunday. I thank you, Father, that these special holiday times remind us again of the reality of the presence of God, that Emmanuel, God with us, that Jesus literally stepped out of a perfect place into an imperfect place to forgive and heal imperfect people so that they might have relationship with you. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that every person watching, every person listening within the sound of my voice right now, that you would speak to them, that you would help them, that you would encourage them. I pray for anyone dealing with sickness and disease. Lord, we pray and speak life in Jesus' name. We pray and speak there'll be encouragement to people that so need it in this time, comfort to those who need it in this time. Jesus, do exceedingly and abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone said on this Easter Sunday, amen, amen. Well, recently, um, I bumped into a pastry that felt like it was from heaven. It was fresh, and then it had Nutella all woven through it. I'm not much of a pastry person. My wife is more a pastry person, but she said, babe, you're going to try this pastry, and I tried it, and I was like, man, my taste buds had an awakening to the reality of the goodness, man, of God. I mean, Nutella is, I believe, from heaven. I think you, when you go to heaven, you're going to have a glorified body. The Bible teaches you'll, you'll have a brand new body. I think you'll have a six-pack, and then you'll eat some Nutella, and you will have an eight-pack. That's how good God is. But my, my taste buds, they had an awakening. You know, there's some good awakening moments, 
And there's some bad awakening moments. Recently, the COVID-19 virus has been an awakening to reality in a lot of ways. It has awoken you and me and everyone around us to the fragility of life. During this crisis, we have had our eyes open to the fact and the truth that life itself is fragile. I've led a church now for about 15 years, actually, and there is normally someone within our congregation, the, the people that we minister to, someone going through a difficult time, someone going through a hard time. What's been so unusual about this time is everyone is being affected right now. Everyone, whether you knew someone sick or you personally got sick or you had someone unfortunately pass away and we just want to let you know if that's the case, we're praying for you. We're praying God's grace, God's peace, God's comfort upon your life during this difficult time. But what has been so amazing about this time is that everyone is affected. I mean, we're all at home. We're all stuck at home. And, and uh, I went to ShopRite just literally yesterday, and I felt like, I was like, man, I'm in a movie. Like, I am literally in a movie. We had masks on. You had to wait in line just to get into the store. Uh, there was almost no milk. There was very little meat. And, and I was just walking around kind of blown away at what we were walking through. Like, I'd never experienced anything like it before. There has been an awakening moment for us that life is fragile, that life is uncertain, that life can throw us a curveball that we never expect. Like you might be a big planner and you had all these plans for 2020 and now you realize you were like that person throwing darts and you literally had a blindfold on and all of a sudden you, it's like someone took off the blindfold and you had no idea where you were throwing because life has thrown a curveball at you. You know, the truth is that so many of the things that we think we're in control of, we're actually not in control of. It's unusual. Like if you think about just simple things like where you were born, you were not in control of that. The month you were born, the year you were born, the family you were born into, you had zero control. The century you were born into, the gifts, the talents that you have, whether you're a good singer or athletic or smart or whatever it might be, you had no control over that. When life is fragile, it challenges us challenges us, makes us afraid. It can make us anxious, can make us fearful. It rocks us. But I want to just encourage you with this truth. As we've been awoken to the reality that life is fragile, I just want to tell you that that confirms the teachings of the Bible. In the book of James chapter 1 verse 13, the Bible says, now listen. Sorry, James chapter... uh, 4 verse 13, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow, what is your life? He asked this question. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. The book of James, the brother of Jesus, he's not saying that you are not valuable. He's not saying that God does not look at you and care for you, that that you are not the apple of God's eye. In fact, you are. What he's actually saying is, is that life is uncertain, that life is fragile, that life goes fast. 
As a parent, I've heard so many different parents say to me, man, enjoy your kids while they're young. It goes so fast. I've found the older I get, the more I recognize the reality that life goes fast. I like to tell this illustration and use this simple thought. I'm 42 years old. In 30 years, I'll be 72 years old. But the truth of the matter is that I'll be asleep a third of that time. If I sleep about eight hours a day, I'll be asleep almost a third of that time. That means really in 20 years, I'll be 72. Life, what am I saying? I'm saying life is fragile and life goes fast. But in the midst of this, I want to encourage you that God is faithful. God is good. God is in control in the chaos, in the fragility of life, in the uncertainty that God himself is faithful. One of the greatest displays of the faithfulness of God and and The reality of Jesus trusting God the Father to literally save him was when he went to the cross. He literally spends a night in the Garden of Gethsemane praying that he wouldn't have to go to the cross. And he understands that he surrendered his will and he literally said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. What was he doing? He was trusting the faithfulness of God. When Jesus literally gave up his spirit, he says, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. He was trusting the faithfulness of God that when life seemed terrible, when life seemed bad, when life seemed fragile, he was saying, I trust you. Do you know the Bible teaches us that when Jesus rose from the grave, when he stepped out of that tomb, he did not just defeat death for himself, he defeated death for you. He defeated death for me. That, that death that is certain all of a sudden has actually been defeated and death is just a pathway through to a better place for everyone who would call upon the name of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul writes this, Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, he says, is your victory. Where, O oh death, is your sting. The sting of, of death is sin and the power of sin is in the law. But he says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because death is beaten. The fragility of life, the uncertainty of life, the fear that stems from life being uncertain. Though it's still painful when things happen and, and, and people pass away that are close to us. The Bible says it is an anchor for our soul that literally makes our soul more steadfast because we understand that life on this, on this side of eternity is not the only thing that we're going to go through, that God has something better for us. I want to take a few minutes to take a journey together. I want us to walk with the disciples before the resurrection and after the resurrection on a journey with them because I want you to see something in particular. I want you to see that their journey was a journey of awakening. Their journey of faith was a journey of awakening. To awaken is to be in a certain state and to move into a new state. It's to go from sleeping to awake. 
Have you ever noticed that when you first wake up, you are in a almost in-between state between waking up and sleeping? You're kind of in this daze. You maybe fall in and out of certain different dreams. If you're one of those guilty people who hit the snooze button all the time, just thinking to yourself, I just need five more minutes. I just need five more minutes. It's like you're in one state, but you need to wake up to the new state. Have you ever noticed that maybe, and, and especially having kids, I noticed this with certain of my kids, that the first 30 and 45 minutes of the day, they are awake, but they're not really, really awake. Because awakening is a process. As you and I journey with the disciples, I want you to know and I want you to see that their awakening was a process. Their awakening to faith and the reality of who Jesus was, was not an instant thing. It was a bit by bit thing. The Bible goes on to say in John chapter 1 verse 47, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. He says, how do you know me? Nathanael asked, Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip even called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus said this to him, you believe because I told you, I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Nathanael has a eye-opening, awakening moment when Jesus literally looks at him. And I knew you before you were sitting under the fig tree. He was saying, I saw you before you even came and walked on the scene. It was a word of knowledge moment. And all of a sudden, Nathanael goes, you are the son of God. But what's interesting, it was an awakening moment for Nathanael. It feels like it's instant. But the truth of the matter is, there were so many times when the disciples actually were filled with doubt. They were unsure of who Jesus really was. They were kind of sure. And then they would have moments of clarity and moments of perfect sight. But then at different times, they would waver in unbelief. Do you know one time Jesus and the disciples are on the, on the boat? Actually, Jesus wasn't. He was praying off in a mountain and he walks along the sea and he gets into the boat and he says to the storm, peace, be still. And literally all of them feared him. And they said, who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? Notice that they are following him. Notice that they've given up jobs their careers to follow Jesus. They are seeing the miracles. They are having moments of awakening and still other moments where they're not really seeing it. It is unclear to them. You know, in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asked a question to the disciples and he asked them, who do men say that I am? It is a powerful, unique question who do you say that Jesus is and, and some of them say some say you're like John the Baptist and others Elijah or one of the prophets and Peter speaks up and he says you are the Christ the son of the living God and Jesus literally looks at him and says blessed are you Simon by Jonah for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father which is in heaven and he says and upon this rock I will build my church upon the revelation I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against you but moments later, it's not too much later, Jesus begins to talk about him needing to go to the cross and Peter pulls him alongside and rebukes him. How many know you don't rebuke the Son of God? How many know you do not rebuke the one who is the Messiah? 
It was as if there is an awakening moment where he knows with clarity, with 100% certainty that Jesus is the Son of God. But then it was just hours perhaps later and all of a sudden he is, it's like he's fallen back asleep again. Scripture actually makes it clear that you can be awoken to the reality of God but still fall back asleep. Do you know on Easter Sunday morning, I think of Jesus in the tomb, his physical body in the tomb, and there is a literal moment in history. There was a time, a specific day, an hour, a minute, a second, where all of a sudden the spirit of Jesus comes back into his physical body and his blood begins to circulate around his body. His lungs breathe and all of a sudden he breathes for the first time and his eyes awaken. And I wonder if at that moment he literally says, man, I serve a faithful God. He, his eyes awaken and from that moment on and from the whole of his ministry, he has been awakening people to the goodness of God. He has been awakening people to their identity in the Father. He has been awakening people to the reality of the resurrection and who Jesus says he is. And I pray today that as you're watching on this Easter Sunday on 2020 or wherever it is that you watch this, I pray that you would awaken by the Spirit of God that if you've fallen asleep a little bit, if you've kind of at one time you'd have awoken, but it seems like you've fallen asleep in the faith that your eyes would awaken again for the glory of God. You know, many years ago when I was young, I was probably 10 years old, 12 years old, and I fairly regularly used to wake up with something called conjunctivitis. If you're not sure what that is, it's, it's kind of all of a sudden you'll have a little more sleep in your eye than normal one day, and if you don't get some eye drops and you don't get something to heal the, the bacteria that's going on in your eyes the very next day, you will have a whole lot of just kind of junk on your eyes, and the next day it'll be even worse until you get some eye drops. And I remember many times when I was young, I would have a little bit of sleep one day, but then the next day, all of a sudden, it would be very difficult to awaken. I'd have to kind of stumble my way to the bathroom and then wash my eyes and finally go and get these drops. And the drops would kind of take away this infection that had got on my eyes. And do you know that that happens with you and for me? In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, Jesus literally told that one church, he said to the church at Laodicea, he says, I want you to buy eye salve from me. It was, a, it was a powder, a healing powder that people would put in their eyes. What was he saying? He says, you were awake. You were awake to the purpose of God. You were awake to serving me. You were awake to worshiping me. You were awake, but you've fallen back asleep. And I pray that today there would be an awakening in your spirit, bit by bit, or suddenly, it doesn't matter which one, because the Bible teaches very clearly that there are times when we awake little bit by little bit by little bit, but then there is a suddenly. And I pray that many of us would have a suddenly. You know, when I think of, maybe because I've had so many Easter Sundays, so many different moments where as a kid growing up, as a teenager, I was... I went to church every single Easter as, as a pastor now. I've had so many different Easters and, 
And I think of Jesus rising from the dead, and, and I kind of think of the disciples like, for some reason, it's a, it's a strange picture. It's actually a wrong picture. I see the disciples like kind of hanging out near the tomb and they're kind of waiting for him. Like, and when he busts out of the tomb, they're like, hey, happy birthday. Like we knew you were going to come back from the dead. We were just kind of waiting for you. But do you know that that was not the reality? Do you know that it was the women who actually went and on Sunday morning, when you and I think Resurrection Sunday, when you and I think this is the Sunday that Jesus rose from the dead, the women who were going to the tomb, they were not going to see a risen Savior. They were going to prepare a dead body. They had spices and they were going to put the necessary spices over this dead body. And then all of a sudden, Jesus appears to them. And in Mark chapter 16, He appears to them and they worship Him. In Mark 16, verse 10, the Bible says, She went and told those who had been with him who were mourning and weeping. And when they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, watch this now, they did not believe it. You're like, really? Disciples, ones who changed the world, you guys who spread the message more than anyone else, you changed the Western world. The Western world is built on the principles of the Judeo-Christian ethic. Like you guys, Jesus, didn't he tell you he was going to come back? Didn't he even tell you that he was going to come to Galilee and meet you in a certain city? And they did not believe. Because I want to tell you this, they still needed an awakening. And I want to encourage you today that if you feel like you're sitting next to someone and they feel like, man, they just seem like they're spiritual and they just seem to get it, but it doesn't seem to, to, to kind of connect to you like that. Like you might have had what you would call a small little eye open kind of awakening, like, but now it feels like you're asleep again and you're sitting next to someone and faith seems like it's easy to them. I want to encourage you that the disciples, the apostles themselves, when Jesus was risen from the dead, they didn't believe. The Bible says in one, uh, one of the Gospels, it says, it seemed like nonsense to them. They needed awakening. The Bible goes on to say in Mark chapter 16, verse 12, it says, afterward Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them. While they were walking in the country, he ends up breaking open kind of a sermon to them. Verse 13, these were turned and reported it to the rest, speaking of the disciples and the apostles, but they did not believe them either. This is now the second time, and people have gone and said, Jesus has risen from the dead, and it was like they're asleep because they were so focused on their unmet expectations. They were actually so focused on, on the tragedy of what had happened, they couldn't get their eyes to see. That could it be that Jesus had to go to the cross and Jesus had to rise from the dead? The Bible goes on to say, in Mark chapter 16, verse 14, later Jesus appeared to the eleven. Now watch this now. As they were eating, and he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. See, here's the interesting thing. It seems like there's a time as Jesus is walking with the disciples that he allows them to go on this journey of faith, this bit by bit moment to believe at different times and have doubt at other times. He, it's like he's okay with the journey, and I want to say this to you, he's okay with the journey of bit by bit kind of faith. But then, 
In Mark 16, I find it so interesting that then he rebukes them. He literally says, no, stop your doubting, stop your unbelief. He says, wake up, I am alive. Have you ever, maybe when you were young, had your parents, they would try wake you up. They say, son, daughter, get up. It's time for school. And you try to sleep another 10, 15 minutes. You try to sleep another 10, 15 minutes. Well, that used to happen a lot when I was growing up. And my brother was kind of famous for wanting to sleep in more, wanting to sleep in more. And one day, my mom just got sick of it. And she warned my brother. She said, I'm going to throw a bucket of water on you if you don't wake up. Well, he didn't wake up. Ten minutes later, my mother literally got a bucket of water and threw it all over his sheets, all over his blanket, all over him. She was done with the sleeping. She was done with just the, the, the failure to awaken. And I see Jesus like that. He is done with the disciples refusing to awaken to the reality of his resurrection. He is done with it. And I want to say to someone today, could it be that Jesus has given you bit by bit and he's given you answered prayer and he's given you blessing here and blessing there. But he says to you today, I've been on the journey of you bit by bit. But now it's time to awaken. It's time to throw off the unbelief. It's time to throw off the excuses of why you cannot, why you don't believe in me, why this can't happen and why that can't happen. You know, I used to think to myself, you know, if someone doesn't believe, if someone has unbelief, I mean, they can't help it because they just, they just don't believe. But I had to allow Jesus to change my mind here. Because I want to say this to you. Unbelief is sometimes a decision to ignore the reality of answered prayer that has happened in front of you and continually focusing on something that didn't go as expected. Listen to what unbelief is. Unbelief is a smokescreen sometimes for the hardness of heart. The disciples were discouraged and disappointed and they had their world rocked by Jesus literally being arrested and being killed in front of them. So it was normal for them to be rocked. They are going through grieving the one they love, the one they serve, the one they gave up their careers for. But He comes back and the girls, the, the girls, Mary Magdalene and, and the others, they come back and say, Jesus is alive. And they allow their unbelief of a, a disappointment to basically cloud their whole view of Jesus and the whole view of God. And I, I think that sometimes you and I can be so much like the disciples. You know, you could say to someone, man, do you believe in God? And, and they'll give you some excuse of why they don't believe and maybe the actions of someone else. You know, I want to say this. Don't let someone else's lack of character be the reason you can't believe. You can't control anyone's character except your own. Do you know that if you think of the ministry of Jesus that He was supported for three and a half years, by women mainly, if anyone could have done ministry, if anyone could have done discipleship and, and evangelism without money, it was Jesus. But He allowed women to actually 
earn an eternal reward and they gave to him, but his own treasurer stole money from the bag. It was Judas. And so you could look at that and see that and say, that's why I'm never giving money to anything because some people do the wrong thing. And I just want to say to you today, that is an excuse of unbelief. That is an excuse. Unbelief is a smokescreen for doing whatever you want to do sometimes. Smokes, it's, it can become a smokescreen for a lifestyle. It can become a smokescreen. And I just want to come alongside you today. And I want to say to you that I find it so encouraging that the disciples had bit by bit faith. They had encounters. They had moments where all of a sudden it felt like they had so much clarity. They, they knew without a shadow of a doubt, this was the Son of the living God. And then He rose from the dead. And then they had moments of doubt and unbelief. And Jesus comes along and He says, stop it. Stop focusing on the disappointment. Stop focusing on the way I didn't answer that one prayer or you thought it was meant to go a certain way. I want to tell you today that awakening took some time. See, some of us get suddenly moments, but some of us get little bit by little moments. One of the disciples, his name was Paul, he had a suddenly moment. The book of Acts records in Acts chapter 9, verse 3, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, he says, why do you persecute me? And he literally says, who are you, Lord? Like he doesn't know who it is. Saul asked, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Fast forward, he is blind for three more days. He doesn't, doesn't eat a thing. And a guy by the name of Ananias comes along. He's had a vision from God to go and lay hands on him. And then in verse 17, Ananias says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you, what's this now? may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. He was an angry, selfish, violent man and he became the grace preacher of the New Testament. He wrote two-thirds of the entire New Testament. His eyes were blinded to God's grace, but suddenly the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the resurrected Jesus showed up to him and awoken this man and he changed his life. And I just want to tell someone today, I don't care if it's bit by bit or suddenly, it doesn't matter how it happens, but I want to say to you today, could it be that God is saying to many of you in this Easter season, in this Lent season, in this COVID-19 2020 season of life, I have awoken you to the instability of life. 
I have awoken you to the uncertainty of life. I have awoken you that you are not in control, but I am awakening you to the reality of my purpose for your life. I am awakening you to God's purpose in your life. I am awakening you to the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It might be bit by bit. It might be suddenly. But some of you have had bit by bit and bit by bit. And God comes along. He says, enough of the unbelief. I'm going to throw a bucket of water on you. I've been trying to wake you up and you've been hitting the snooze. Or for some of you, you've been like Jonah, man. The call of God has come in your life and you have run the other way. But let this COVID-19, let it be like a whale that literally swallows you up. And in those times of, of isolation, of of being away from people. Sometimes it might feel a little bit depressing, a bit fearful, a bit anxious in that time. Let the COVID-19 crisis be like a whale. When in that whale, you literally say, God, I've been running from you. But now I see that my priorities got all jacked up. Now I see that I've been running away from the goodness of God. If the Lord Jesus Christ teaches us anything is that God is good. See, this year, 2020, I believe God gave me a word that this year would be a year of breaking through. You know, so far this year has not gone to plan. So far this year has not been what we expected. But can out of the darkest nights, can out of those hard times of our lives, can the brightest lights shine if Easter weekend teaches us anything when it looks the darkest? That's when the brightest light is about to shine on Good Friday. It all looked over. But on Sunday morning, the brightest lights, the light of heaven came alive. And all of a sudden, everything He said was true. And He offers you and offers me eternal life. He offers you a, a purpose for now, a life for now. Man, He's not... God is not mad at you. He's broken the curtain. He wants to come in and He wants you to come in. He wants to sit, you to sit on His lap and say, Dad, let's have a real authentic relationship. I'm calling you to awaken to the reality of Jesus. I'm calling you to awaken. Some of you have had blessing and have had bit by bit by bit. Some of you have even had suddenlies. God has shown up to you suddenly. God has answered a prayer suddenly. Some of you should have been dead, but you're alive. Some of you have uh, people around you. They've literally dropped dead out of drug addictions and so forth, but you're still alive. Let's wake up to the reality of the goodness of God that we should seize these moments. We should seize these moments. Let's awaken to the reality that life is fragile. The life is uncertain sometimes. But even in the uncertainty and the fragility of life, that God is faithful. And out of the darkest nights can come the brightest, brightest of lights. Some of you need to awaken out of compromise. 
Awaken out of a half-baked, half-hearted commitment. Aren't you thankful that Jesus wasn't half-committed to you? Aren't you thankful that He didn't half-die on a cross? He didn't half-pay for your sin and He leave you for the rest of the other sin that you're going to work your way out? No, He was fully committed to you. See, God is calling all of us to awaken to the reality that every day matters. Not someday or one day, but every day matters. If God is with us every day, then every day matters. And every day is a day where we can get to know Him. Every day is a day we can live on purpose. Every day is a day where we can awaken. Don't hit the snooze button anymore. Don't hit that snooze button in your spirit. Don't hit that. Don't pause it anymore. No, awaken. Get up out of that bed and awaken to the reality that God has a purpose, that God has a plan for your life. All across every household, every place, every car, whether podcast or YouTube experience, right here and right now, I want to ask you to, Close your eyes just for a moment to bow your head. And on on this Easter Sunday, on this Easter Sunday 2020, I want you to take a moment. If you've never experienced, if you've never said yes to Jesus Christ being the Lord of your life, I pray the Holy Spirit awakens your heart right now to the need of knowing that you need to pray with me. You need to turn your life to Him. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to feel like, you, oh, I'd have to clean that bit up of my life and that bit up of my life. No, no, no. He cleans it up. He gives you the gift of righteousness. And then He actually changes the desire of your heart as you connect and abide in Him. So every single person watching right now, why don't we pray this prayer together? Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you for dying on a cross, for rising from the dead. I believe you love me. I believe you came to give me life and life abundant. Right now, I ask you, open my eyes. Open my spiritual eyes. Open the eyes of my understanding. Come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Be my very best friend. Just in the attitude of prayer right now, just with eyes still closed. You know, some of you today sense a, a true stirring of the Spirit of God speaking to your heart that you must awaken, that you've been hitting the snooze button, that you've kind of got some junk in your eyes and you're not seeing it. It's like you've fallen back asleep. You've had moments where God has blessed you, moments where God has moved in your life. You've had moments where you've served Him, but you've just kind of fallen back asleep. Maybe something didn't go your way. Maybe different things didn't get answered in the prayers that you thought that that was what God was going to do. You know, that happened to the disciples. And Jesus comes along to them and He says, enough of the unbelief. He wanted them to awaken to the reality of who He was. And some of you may need to physically do something right now. Some of you may need to just stand to your feet wherever you are. You might just need to stand up and say, just tell God, I'm awakening to the call of God in my life. I'm awakening to serving you. I'm awakening 
that through this crisis, God has, has shown me and opened my eyes that I can no longer sleep like I've been sleeping. I cannot be a casual, half-committed person of faith, but I commit again my life to Jesus who committed all of His life to me. I want to pray with you right now. Father, I pray for every person who's responding to this moment, this call, to awaken to the call of God, to awaken, to live wholeheartedly for You, to awaken, to commit their lives again afresh in You, to awaken out of sleep and out of slumber. I pray, Holy Spirit, that You would seal this moment in their mind and in their heart. I pray it now. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Let me have your attention just for one more minute. As we close this part of this service today, I want to talk to you if you made a decision for Christ, if you invited Christ in your heart, if you did that for the first time, or maybe many years ago you did, or a year ago you did, or six months ago you did, but you know you needed to just make it right, make it sure. I want you to text the number 97,000. And on that text message, text 97,000, I want you to text CONNECT7. And if you'll connect, uh, text 97,000 to connect uh, and type CONNECT7 on there, our church will send you a free book a friend of mine wrote called Following Jesus. The walk of faith is exactly that. It's a walk. It's a step by step. This book is going to help you make next steps. I don't want you just to make a faith declaration without also application because faith without works is dead. So we want to help you and we'll come alongside you and, and do whatever we can to help you as far as you'll let us help you. So text that number 97,000, type on there connect seven and we will send you a free gift. It's our pleasure to do that for you. I want to thank you for watching today. I want to thank you for joining us on this Easter Sunday today. I pray it blessed you today. God bless you exceedingly. We love you. We're praying for you. We miss you. We're hoping to see you so soon.